You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 124 of The Weekly Brew Podcast. My name is Austin Statton, and I'm going to be joined here in a few minutes by Hunter Atkins from West Palm Beach, Florida. We're going to talk a little Astros baseball. Astros, of course, opened up spring training officially with games this past week. And uh, it looked pretty sharp early on with three wins, including a Sunday win over the Cardinals, in which Garrett Cole made his debut in an Astros uniform, looking pretty solid with two innings of work, allowing no hits, no walks, and fanning two batters. And uh, we'll get into a little bit more of what Astros fans, uh, you know, can kind of reflect on spring training so far. We're going to talk Justin Verlander, what he's meant for the pitching staff. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the the mentality behind Garrett Cole. Uh, it's a really fascinating uh, interview, I think, or conversation, really. It's 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 not an interview with with Hunter, who uh, we want to come back to Houston. <laughs> it looks like he's struggling on Tinder, actually, in West Palm Beach. So he'll be back here in Houston within the month. But uh, it's kind of been a big week here, uh, you know, in the sports world. The Winter Olympics ramping up on Sunday night with the closing ceremony. The U.S. not having their best performance overall. It's been their lowest medal total in 20 years as the U.S. finished fourth overall in the medal count. And uh, the games are over. So the Paralympics are next up, and I believe those start uh, the first week of March in Pyeongchang. And then uh, the world's focus turns towards the Summer Games in 2020, which will be held in Tokyo. Uh, So the Olympic season is officially closed, which means two things. You focus on basketball and you focus on baseball. And of course, on the basketball front, if you haven't already listened to the interview that we did last week with Ben DeBose, highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, ben does great work with the Locked On Rockets podcast, and he kind of breaks down what you can expect from the Rockets organization as they make that final push toward the playoffs, hoping that they can clinch that number one seed. And, you know, after the All-Star break, the Rockets looked good. Uh, Friday night, beating the Timberwolves 120-102, to 102, and then Sunday night, dropping the Nuggets 119-114. to 114. And, of course, that game was probably closer than it should have been. Uh, Rockets looked very, very sharp at the half. Uh, but then, uh, you know, the Nuggets turned it on in the fourth quarter, out, actually outscoring the Rockets 35-27. to 27. But uh, James Harden sealed... Uh, the deal for the Rockets. He played 37 minutes, dropping 41 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. And then, of course, Chris Paul added 23, and Trevor Ariza added 14 points. But uh, it wasn't sharp. It wasn't pretty for the Rockets. And, of course, they will face a, uh, a difficult schedule this upcoming week, starting Monday night with a road game against the Jazz. And then Wednesday night, they head to L.A. to take on the Clippers, a team without Blake Griffin. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that game if you remember uh, you know the last time those two teams played there was essentially a melee and uh, a lot of controversy after the game uh, about fights and just toughness so it's gonna be really interesting to see how that game turns out of course the Rockets should be heavy favorites against the Clippers and then the big game here in Houston is the Rockets return Saturday night to face the Boston Celtics, who are pushing for that one seed themselves in the Eastern Conference. That's going to be a nationally televised game at 7.30 on ABC, and it's going to be here at the Toyota Center in Houston. But uh, exciting times. And then if, if basketball is not your forte, of course, you've got the college basketball season winding down. There was a, you know, a follow-up report from the Yahoo story that Jeremy and I spoke about last week. And, and, and that focused on 50 teams that allegedly have connections 
with this FBI investigation that's going on, Kansas was named, Arizona was named, Texas was named, Iowa State, Duke, so many blue blood programs were named. And of course, Saturday night, Arizona head coach Sean Miller did not coach the game. And it's been speculated that he is going to be let go by the university. But there's a huge issue with his contract. Apparently, uh, he has a great agent, and his agent set it up in a way that if he gets fired for cause, he actually makes more money than if he was just fired based on performance. So it's a really interesting dynamic there. Of course, the FBI investigation uh, is a completely different animal. And you know there are other podcasts out there that are going to cover it, so I, I highly recommend that you check them out. But uh, what we're going to focus on this week is the Astros, of course. And uh, Astros defending American League champs, defending World Series champs, looking to repeat. They've got a rebuilt roster, uh, a rebuilt pitching staff with uh, Garrett Cole coming in and you know through the trade. Uh, this off season, but uh, you know we are going to speak with Hunter here in just a few moments from West Palm Beach, and he's been providing some great coverage for the Chronicle since Jake Kaplan left and moved over to the Athletic. And of course, you can follow uh, both of their works at Hunter Atkins thirty five and then Jake M Kaplan. But over the weekend, Hunter uh, posted a story in the Chronicle. It was talking about the Parkland shooting and uh, you know how Astros players how they felt about guns, how you know they felt about school safety. And uh, the Ashers did have a unique um, moment this past week as they were actually able to meet the the baseball team from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And, uh, of course, as you might know, Major League Baseball and the Astros are actually wearing uh, the Eagles baseball cap uh, throughout the minor league or throughout the spring training uh, season. So uh, be sure to check that article out by Hunter. It's kind of fascinating to see, uh, you know, what certain players think of the issue and you know marwin gonzalez talks about uh you know how he came from you know a violent country with a lot of crime uh you know that it's it's nothing new for him and that you know he grew up in venezuela and you know had to navigate through that violence and crime uh and really in my opinion i think the most outspoken astro uh you know had to be colin McHugh. uh you know a lot of the astros were essentially you know condemning the incident but Colin McHugh in my opinion was the one that actually wanted to face the issue head-on rather than offering his thoughts and prayers so take a look at that article that Hunter posted you can look at that at houstonchronicle.com and let us know what you think Uh, it's it's a really interesting piece that uh, unfortunately Hunter was there uh, you know not too far from uh, the school uh, that was attacked a few weeks ago on February 14th uh, it, it, I don't. I don't think he planned on uh, writing this content. And as he told me off the air after the interview, uh, there might be more content coming uh, here in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. But uh, you know, if you want to follow our work, I highly recommend that you do. And just search Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can subscribe to our website weeklybrewcast.com and that's the best way to get information pushed straight to your inbox each Monday morning once we post the episodes but as mentioned we've got sort of a brief episode today and that's going to be a conversation with Hunter Atkins from West Palm Beach so without further ado it's time to sit back relax and be informed you're listening to the weekly brew for those of you that listened to the podcast last week Jeremy and I discussed how much we missed Hunter and you know him not being in Houston right now covering the Astros in West Palm Beach Florida it's kind of you know given us a little bit of broken hearts you know not having him here in the studio but 
we have a surprise for everybody. It's it's Hunter Atkins here on the line. Hunter, we miss you, man. How's it going? Oh my gosh, I miss you too, and I miss freedom. I've been in prison in <laughs> the hellscape that the hellscape that is Florida, covering the monotony, the minutia. Another word with M in uh, at spring training. I, uh, I I desperately wish I were in Houston with you guys instead of here. I swear to you. I mean, I, I know that people think it's a privileged opportunity, but it's an enormous amount of boredom and work simultaneously. So uh, that's a great way for us to start this conversation, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, I totally get it because I, I used to work in college athletics. And, you know, it, it's one thing when you're a fan and you get to go to the games, enjoy it, have beers. But when I was working in college sports, you're at the ballpark, you know, three to four hours before the game, three to four hours after the game, you're traveling with the team. It just, I don't know, you don't have a social life, you don't have El Tiempo, you don't have great food, your friends around. I mean, what what's going on? Are you swiping right or something like that? I was just about to say, I was just, man, you, ste- you stepped right on my joke. I was just about to say, and the Tinder experience here is pitiful. <laughs> it's a, is a, it is a talk about a hellscape. Um... But anyway, all right, people don't want to hear about this. What do you want to know about the Astros? Are they going to repeat? Is that the first question we're going to get to? I, mean, I, I think that's pretty – I mean, Vegas says they're going to repeat, or at least they're the favorites to repeat. But I want to talk no, no, about – No, 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 Hold on, hold on. Vegas has – wait, wait. Vegas has them as the favorites. What are the Astros on? Uh, the Astros are like plus 225. Wow! You know, I, I'd maybe consider putting money on the Yankees. I think there's something like plus 500. That seems like a good ROI if it hits. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, I, obviously I think the Astros – have plenty of merit to be favored, but um, I'm not. I, I wouldn't leap to the conclusion that they should be the the favorites. Anyway, we we, we get circled back to that. I was obviously being, just, I was being facetious. The idea that we've hardly begun spring training, and all anybody wants to talk about is, are they going to repeat? You know, let's let's at least start the season and see who's healthy. You know, yeah. on the roster for. We, we lead to that, but Absolutely. what uh, what can I what insider information can I tell you? I well, had some good conversation with Springer about Justin Bieber. I, I'm kind of curious on that actually. <laughs> That's something that is underreported by Jake Kaplan over at the Athletic. Hey, listen, hey, that will be our friend Jake Kaplan at the Athletic. There's no animus for for anybody that does not know. Uh, he used to work for the Houston Chronicle, covering the Houston Astros, and he recently was hired by the Athletic uh, for an interesting opportunity. It opened up this hellish opportunity for me to have to fill in for him, which I'm not. I'm not happy about. So you're saying that uh, but no, you're saying that he should be, buy you some mm-hmm. drinks when you get back to Houston. No, I think you should write all my stories. <laughs> I want. I want to go the f home. You know, I'm. I'm sort of. I'm in this just drab, sorrowful, extended stay America right now, where, you know, all by my lonesome with nothing but my own. Miserable thoughts and baseballreference.com to occupy my evening. Um, but yeah, let's talk about how excited we are over the Astros. What do you want to know? Yeah, so I want to start off with Justin Verlander because, you know, last year it was just a total, you know, culture shift, it seemed, when he came to the organization uh, right before the trade deadline in August. I mean, just kind of boosted the morale. Dallas Keiko was excited. Uh, he obviously did phenomenal in an Astros uniform leading him to the World Series. But the difference maker between 
this year and last year, in my opinion, is you get a full season of them. You know, I've seen Karen Warren, who does a great work with photography at the Houston Chronicle. She's tweeted out some photos of Verlander working with Lance McCullers. Uh, Verlander posted on Instagram the other day. I guess him, Keichel, and McCullers and a few others went to New York for some event. It seems like they're really, I don't know, bonding or hanging out or... Uh, you know, just becoming better teammates and friends. Uh, do you kind of see that same vibe in, in spring training? Or, you know, do you see Verlander, a full season of him, helping out the pitching staff? Yes, 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 yes. Um, the chemistry is outstanding with this group. The entire team, but but particularly the starting rotation. Um, um, I, I will take credit, frankly, for the photos that Karen Warren our photographer took of Justin Verlander <laughs> and that's colors because I was the one who pointed it out. Um, it was the first day that Lance was throwing a bullpen session and he had Verlander specifically come over from whatever workout Verlander was doing. This was still during the pitchers and catchers only period. And Verlander stood behind the mound next to um, one of their uh, executives in the, on the development side. Uh, who was holding an iPad with that, which was uh, connected to a camera that was filming Lance's motion. And Justin and Lance, after every pitch, would review Lance's motion. Um, I, I, they were they were both understandably protective of exactly what Lance was working on, but it seemed to have um, a bit to do with where his elbow was in his motion and how his the ball tracked behind it. But either way, the point is that. You know, a resource like Justin Verlander has, you know, has inspired all kinds of interesting intellectualism with that group. We know how voracious a mind Lance McCullers is. Derek Cole, a lot of fans might not know, is probably the most brainiac of this group. He is intensely cerebral. Um, he's the kind of guy who meticulously studies in real time. He can, he can see it how batters swings are reacting to each of his pitches. Um, he has an incredible mind. And the three of these guys, obviously Verlander and Lance have had much more time to get to know each other, but still, I mean, we're, we're standing in the clubhouse and these guys are, you know, it's like a group of Neil deGrasse Tyson's talking about pitching. Um, obsessively. And Verlander's getting stuff from, from Lance as well. You know, it's not just like Lance, you know, uh, picking the brain of Verlander. Verlander is getting all kinds of interesting feedback from Lance and from Cole. It's fantastic. Um, I'll tell I'll tell a pod story, although you may have to be ready to, to bleep a word out. Uh, but I feel like it's worth saying anyway. Um, it'll be it'll be in a quote from Brad Peacock. So I'm standing with Garrett Cole, and I had noticed the day before that Garrett and Brad were talking about sliders, and Garrett was asking him, I'd, I'd never really heard this this phrase before. Garrett was asking Brad about the, quote, mentality of your slider. What's the mentality of your slider? I, that's a very interesting way to put it. I really thought about it because we sometimes we hear approach. Uh, sometimes we hear, you know, execution. Mentality was an interest one, interesting one. And, of course, literally connected to, like, Cole's incredible brain. And they were talking, you know, like when they throw it, how they're trying to throw it and all this stuff. And I started asking Garrett Cole about it. And he didn't, he, he actually wasn't comfortable with the line of questioning. He didn't understand 
why I was asking him that. He thought he, he was wondering if what I was suggesting was that he was weird for thinking that. And Brad Peacock, right next to me, he, he's not the cerebral kind of pitcher. He's much more of a see the sign, nod, and throw kind of pitcher. He interjects, he says, like to kind of defend me a little bit, but also explain to Cole why I was asking. He says, because you're fucking smart as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's an incredible amount of um, information sharing and bonding going on for the group. It's, it's a real positive sign. Gosh, that just gets me fired up. And, you know, after seeing what the Rangers tweeted this week about being like one Texas, I don't know, just so annoyed with, you know, the Rangers organization. I can't wait to see the Astros actually go to Arlington opening weekend and, uh, you know, hopefully put on a good show for the fans as they, you know, defend the title. But I don't know. Uh, it, it just seems, you know, from everything that we're seeing, at least here in Houston, on social media from people like you, people like Jake, Julie Morales, you know, that are covering uh, spring training. Well, spring hey, training. Don't, don't, plug, don't, plug, don't plug other people. Don't do that. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so the, everything that we're seeing from you on social media and the Chronicle, uh, <laughs> it, it just seems like uh, this is a group that, you know, is still loose but still has a chip on their shoulder. Is that kind of a fair assessment? I'm not a chip. It's not, it's not a chip. It's that... I mean, I even with all the very... Oh, that was like for half a day, and it was stoked and spurred by Justin Verlander, who he in particular is is intense, very intense. Like, doesn't take a minute off. He's never not Justin Verlander. He's like he's, he's always extremely focused, um, speaks and acts with incredible intent. I think there's there are all the platitudes you can imagine about uh, a competitor, the ultimate competitor. I got to tell you that, like, the homicidal DNA that was most obvious in Michael Jordan, there are, you know, little, they're like, they're little strands of that in Justin Verlander. He's, he's pretty intense. So when he saw, I can't remember whom it was, I think it was, it was, oh, it was Chris Russo, uh, Mad Dog Russo, who put out some tweet, you know, saber rattling the world about how there's, there's, there's no reason that the Yankees could possibly fall short of the World Series, uh, which you know, caught the attention of Justin Verlander, who loves Twitter, is always on Twitter. And uh, he decided to you know, take a stab at it. But it came from a place of confidence, not a place of a chip on their shoulder. You know, it's, it's, it's moxie, it's bravado, it's intensity. It's not a chip. It's, it's, it, you know, they use, the, they use words like prove, we got to prove ourselves, or proven, or all the time. Like, that's ridiculous. They're very proven. It's that it's a it's a really devoted and focused group of com- of comparatively very competitive players. I think a lot of credit has to go to Hinch too. You know, it, I mean, it's to the point where he's he's unimpeachable. He's he's just he's such a, he's such a good manager, and he has such a tangible culture that he and, and I'm, I'm sure you know with the, with with Jeff Luna's influence in some ways. Um, have created. It's outstanding. So it's not a chip. It's it's just they have a really impressive focus. At the same time, we, we have to caution, you know, this kind of talk, these kind of discussions were very similar when we talked about the Cubs a year ago, you know. A um, lot of comparisons between these two teams. 
meaning the 2018 Astros and the 2017 Cubs, in the wake and in, you know, the reverberation of their championship, you know, everybody thought there was a high chance of repeating. Um, the, the biggest difference is that the general manager of the Astros, Jeff Luno, was very cognizant of regression, the principles of regression, the inevitability of regression, um, which is why he, you know, he kept pressing on and got Garrett Cole for the starting rotation and why he got, you know, two solid relievers in Joe Smith and Hector Rondon to just like, you know, fill out the innings. I mean, I mean, Smith is much better than Rondon, but still the point is that these are, these are more, these are two more competent arms that AJ can plug in instead of relying on Luke Gregerson or James Hoyt or, you know, some 20 to 22 year old reliever who you know, is up for a week. Um, it's just, um, it was smart. Uh, and, and that, if anything, it's, it's a move like Cole that shows how the Astros are so focused on, you know, on not letting, you know, the past like suck them backwards. Yeah, not letting complacency set in, which I think is so important when you're trying to repeat as, you know, champion, you've got that target on your back. Can you use another cliche, please? <laughs> I, I will I will think of a few more and put that in post production. <laughs> are you in the are you in the best shape of your life this spring? You know, I haven't I haven't been working out as much as Alex Bregman, but you know. <laughs> Dude, that kid kid is ripped. I think it's kinda of funny with the other players on the team kind of giving him a hard time as well. I don't know, you know. Yes and no, I, I have to say. I mean, he's he's a bro. He's very much one of the guys, so he likes joking around. At the same time, I, I feel like we've said this before. We've talked about it before, but he has such um, obvious leadership qualities. It's it's really remarkable. He he commands the room at twenty three years old? Question mark. Whatever it is. Yeah, something like that, right. right? I think that's right. Twenty-three, yeah. He's just—he's really—he's very, very impressive. So, um, anyway, what else? What else? Let's, let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, starting pitching has standing. The chemistry is really good. You're going to get a full year, presumably. Like, we have to work under the assumption that there are no injuries, just for the sake of conversation. Because if we qualify everything with, well, they could get hurt, and you don't know about health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we we get it. Yes, anything can happen at any time. I kind of want to pivot really quickly to, you know, those injuries because I think injuries are going to happen. You know, I think last year the Astros had, what, 11 starting pitchers. Hinch has said that, you know, that's why it's so valuable to have a guy like McHugh on the roster who might not make the, you know, the, the starting rotation, but he's a guy that can plug and play as the season goes on. Or, you know, maybe he's a trade piece uh, prior to the season. Who knows? But uh, there was a guy who I think the Astros are pretty high on in terms of long-term starting pitching, and that that's Martez, who you wrote about, you know, when he first showed up to camp. Uh, you know, what have you seen from him so far? I mean, just his demeanor, how the clubs responded. Is, is he a guy that can contribute in the bullpen this year? Or do you think they, you know, kind of play a wait-and-see approach for him? Gosh, that's a good question. You know, I'll, I'll say it's a good question mainly because of the fan-driven obsession with young talent and prospects, right? Like, it's never enough to appreciate who's on the team right now. Because, um, I mean, I got – all right, you're, he shows up to camp, you know, in, in better shape, throwing hard as hell. Most pitchers need, you know, need the pitchers and catchers only period to ramp up to, you know, like – comfortably throwing 
at a minimum 90 with 90% effort, like consistently. Martez came in and was ready. I mean, for real, just shotgun blast in the bullpen. We already knew he threw hard as hell, but he spent the off season, according to him, working out twice a day in the Dominican Republic and doing a throw, throwing program five out of seven days. So it's very impressive for a guy who's 22, 21 or 22 years old. So it's all there. I mean, you certainly can't question his work ethic. In terms of, you know, what he can be, um, you know, traditionally you would say there's 10 times more value in having Martez become a solid starting pitcher, even if he were a, at worst, you know, like a fourth or fifth guy in the rotation, that's more valuable than having a guy who pitches well in the seventh and eighth innings, you know, just because obviously it's more innings pitched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I'll tell you, I've, Jake, the aforementioned, no mistake, Jake Kaplan, as I call him, <laughs> he says it's a no, he says it's a no brainer that they're going to start him in AAA, um, to start the year and, and stretch him out into a starting role. I, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I, I really, I've kind of gone back and forth with him about how, I think if you have a pitcher who so clearly is like more likely to have more success in a shorter role, like a seventh or eighth inning guy, and your team and the window of time to win a championship is perhaps a bit smaller than whatever his long-term development is, you know, which is the case with Martez, I, I see him as being so much more valuable to AJ Hinch as, you know, a seventh inning guy, I mean, even a seventh inning guy. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't – It's more, in, in, a lot of that is driven by my own opinion of how they should use him, admittedly. I think that is the better role for him because I think you got to take advantage of how stacked the roster is right now. And if you want to stretch him out, I actually think unconventionally that, you know what, you can stretch him out another time. Uh, usually it would be the opposite, which is you start him in AAA, and if they need him in the middle of the season to be a reliever, well, they can just do that. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this. Like, Astros fans can, can be excited about him unanimously. That's for sure. You know, it's a win-win situation, which is the case up and down this roster. You know, the, the Astros are only going to have, like, you know, two, maybe three spots available to fill coming out of camp, M- meaning That's the rest we can presume who are going to occupy them. Yeah, like. They're going to have maybe one more reliever at the back end of the bullpen. We don't know who that's going to be yet, but, you know, you have, like, that spot lingering. You have one position player spot because um, they're probably going to have to carry a third catcher in Max Stassi. So, you know, quite the privileged problem for the Astros to have. It seems like you've got, you know, a surplus of talent. And in the past few years, it's been a surplus of talent in the outfield. I mean, you've had... You know, Jake Marisnik, who last year just completely elevated his game before going out with the season-ending injury, uh, you know, that didn't allow him to play in the postseason. But, you know, now he's still projected to be kind of that fourth guy in the outfield. But then in Sunday's game, you have Kyle Tucker, who, you know, is, for all intents and purposes, one of the hottest prospects in the Astros organization. I mean, hits a three-run home run. I still think he's, you know, a year or two away before making the club, but depth like you said is is not an issue for this organization i mean does that i don't know does that just make the camp and spring training more competitive no it's the opposite really? no, no no it's super boring yeah because like who because at the same time who cares who gets the last bench spot 
Right. <laughs> you know, the whole point is how stacked they are. Look, Derek Fisher and Jake Marisnik would start on several teams, particularly the teams that are clearly tanking. The, in the Rays. <laughs> the MLB. Yeah. Oh, it's not just them. I mean, there could, there are arguably, there are, there are eight, and you really, if you really wanted to push it, there are 10 teams in MLB that are very comfortable losing a lot of games this year based on the, the rosters they have now. So, like for real, Jake, Jake Marisnik and um, Fisher, Derek Fisher are excellent players. Um, it, it's, oh, sorry. Ah! Sorry about that. My, my laundry's up. Um, anyway, it's, no, it's, it's a great problem for them to have. It, it adds to the argument that they should be favored. Um, I, I think the biggest weakness for them, and it really, like, AJ hates questions about this because it's, they stand out for their negativity because it's the only thing you can pick apart on this team, but I, I think their bullpen is, is a problem. I, I, I do not have much confidence that, um, it's going to be elite this year. And I, I'm not talking about Giles because everybody forgets how excellent he was in the regular season. I, I mean, the bridge to Giles has, does not have a lot of security. You know, Davinsky, uh, AJ became much more judicious in how he used him at the end of the year last year to preserve him. Even, even Devo even brought up how, you know, he learned like to grind through how tired he was. It's hard to do, man. You know, Will Harris um, had this bone bruise that basically spoiled his whole season. Um, you know, Joe Smith was a nice addition. This is also his 12th year in the league. I mean, it's not, it's really, it's not, it's not an excellent bullpen. So why not, why not trade a guy like Colin McHugh, who could be a fourth guy or third guy for a lot of these clubs and get some value in, in the bullpen? I mean, Baltimore has got a guy that, you know, they're looking to potentially deal. I mean, why not make a move? I think we, we far overestimate his value. Like, so who do you want? Do you want you want a uh, a really good relief pitcher? I mean, ideally, I because th- like you, I I don't know that I have faith in the bullpen. I mean, you look in the in the World Series last year. I mean, as great as Game Five was, the bullpen was crap, and you know it, it took you know double digit runs to win that game. And I think if you want to repeat, it's not just about the postseason. I mean, it, it, I just want I just want to, to to add, you know, we should stop thinking about it as like the postseason is not the best example of how this bullpen can perform. I actually have a much more like uh, unflattering or negative like example to use, which is you look at, just look at the whole entire seven month experience. Like that's accumulative. You cannot separate it, especially for relievers. These guys aren't built like starters where, for years, they navigate pitching a lot, resting, pitching a lot, resting, pitching a lot, resting, in an off season. Uh, relievers are, you know, they're, 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 the fuel in their tank burns so much more quickly. So if you thought the postseason was bad, it's like, all right, well, then add all the tax and the effort that had to go into pitching the five months before it. So... You know, they're, that's why I mentioned Devo and Will Harris in particular. These two guys, and Giles to an extent, but, but Harris and Devo, those are the high leverage guys that Hinch has used for consecutive seasons now. Um, I, I would be much more skeptical about whether those guys can fight off regression and have a third consecutive 
excellent, reliable season out of the bullpen. So I, I just wanted to make that point. But I apologize. When you talk about, you were saying when you talk about repeating and the chances of this team repeating. But I, I will say, I actually just got a text message from uh, Derek Fogel, and he said to mention to Hunter that Lance McCullers needs to move into the bullpen. Yeah, he's really been riding that pony and beating that horse into the <laughs> this <ground>. show pony. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, no, that that is almost as fruitless a conversation as let's tra- trade Colin McHugh for the Marlins' best catching prospect. <laughs> I can't. Totally I cannot fair. get over how I can't get over how incredible the momentum is behind that when it is so blinded. This, it, it's like, it, and the Stanton trade really like contorted people's expectations. Meaning when the Marlins traded Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees for a ham sandwich, basically, <laughs> um, because like the Marlins, why would they want Colin McHugh? Has anybody asked this question? Uh, no, that's fair. But if if, if, if Stanton if Stanton is a ham sandwich, I, I assume you're getting him from Katz's Deli, yes? Oh, for well, that would be pastrami, but you know me very well. Okay. All right, I, I have to run soon. So what are what are the most important other things we can hit on? Yeah, so let's just let's just wrap this up real quick. You you're gonna be back uh in Houston in a few weeks, so you still have a few weeks left in Florida. I guess, you know, for those that are following the Astros during spring training, ultimately spring training doesn't matter wins and losses, but I don't know what can fans kind of look for to what what can fans kind of look at uh, you know as a, as some sort of measurement to evaluate spring training can they? Well, for the hitters, I would say you know don't worry so much about the results as much as like are they squaring up pitches like in an impressive way on a regular semi regular basis. For instance, George Springer today hit a just towering beautiful double to right center field. It's like wow. Oppo, double, a lot of strength. The crack of, of, of that hit, like, resonated. He's, he looks locked in already. Um, like, so he's a good example. Um, I think that, let's see, I thought Garrett Cole looked very good today. Uh, was throwing with just, just effortlessness. Justin Berliner's going to pitch tomorrow on Monday. Um, so I, I think it's more about, like, do these guys look in, do they, do they just look the way that we would expect them to look either at the plate or on the mound, you know, come June and July? And then you're going to know, wow, you know, they're ahead of schedule or they're, or they're maybe they're just right on schedule. Like Correa and Altuve, gosh, those guys have been working so hard together on, on hitting and working out in basically since December. So I would have no, I, you know, fans should be very excited to watch them regardless. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, who cares about the evaluating? Let's have faith that this team is going to play really well. It's just super exciting to see the team back in uniform again. You know, seeing Garrett Cole today for the first time in, you know, Astros burnt orange must have been a thrill for a lot of fans. Um, I think Dustin Verlander against matched up tomorrow against Noah Syndergaard. You know, just for the fun of it. Well, if, if, if fans of this podcast are looking to, uh, you know, hear more from Hunter, uh, I heard you're going to be on another podcast this week. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Um, the H with our friend Luke Bronner, who is who's outstanding. He, I think, in a very misguided way, wanted to interview me for to tell for his storytelling podcast. Um, you know, I think I keep it pretty real and humorous most of the time it's 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 how i got to where i am as a sports reporter uh the sort of like much more unglamorous uncool uh desperate search for a job 
that I went through for a long time, you know, I dropped little nuggets of uh, um, how sort of like uh, cruel of a student I was. I would torture teachers. Um, <laughs> I just spent a like, little. <laughs> it's true. I just spent a little bit of dating advice in there. There's some impersonations. Um, I think Jackie McConaughey makes an appearance. Um, but no, it was it was a real privilege and and very generous and sweet of Luke to to want to do that with me. Um, and uh, if anybody you know likes what you and I talk about in the direction we go with our conversations, they're really going to enjoy a much, much more in-depth and intimate uh, conversation that, that Luke and I had. Yeah, Luke is way more polished at editing these podcasts than any of us are. So be sure to give that a listen. I think the episode drops on Wednesday. We'll be sure to tweet it out. I'm sure Hunter will tweet it out as well. But Hunter, it's going to be a few weeks until you're back. Uh, again, you can follow Hunter on Twitter at HunterAtkins35. When you come back, how about we go get some El Tiempo, some queso, Maybe a margarita or five. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna put that on me, dude. The the only all right. So the only redeeming quality of me being trapped in spring training is that I'm eating a lot less. So I'm trimming. You know, I'm getting a little trim, and I have a very you know I have an exotic leathery tan <laughs> right now. Those are the only two that <laughs> being here. So uh, don't mess it. Don't you know. Don't peddle that queso. Don't don't push that on me. Right? I'm just for the, I haven't looked this good probably since I was 18 years old, and we all know that was like you know a few months ago. So what you need to do, what you need to do is you need to go get Karen Warren to get some new profile pictures for you for your Tinder game. See what we did there? We came full circle. No, bro. We got you know you know my exclusive Tinder profile photographer is Alvin Tran. Alvin Tran, that's right. Always, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's my that's my dude. Like if you are out there. And you need a gorgeous-looking, attractive pro, um, profile photo. Alvin Trent, that's our guy. <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna love hearing that. But Hunter, man, it's always great to hear from you. You too. I miss you guys. I'll see. I see. I'm not gonna see you guys soon, but I wish I could see you soon. Closing time. What a great conversation with Hunter Atkins. We really appreciate Hunter for uh, you know covering the Astros game on Sunday as the Astros again knocked off the Cardinals in Game Three of spring training, and then just hopping around on the phone with us. It was great to chat with him. Of course, we miss him here in Houston. And uh, El Tiempo is still on the books, Hunter. So if you're listening to this, uh, that's that's where it is. We're, we're going to get El Tiempo as a podcast family uh, when you get back here to Houston. But uh, great conversation. I really was interested, uh, you know, his commentary on Justin Verlander, just, you know, what he's providing for the pitching staff, but also what he's learning from players like Dallas Keuchel. Lance McCullers, Garrett Cole. I, I to me, I found that kind of fascinating. And with Strom being one of the best pitching coaches in the game of baseball, I'm really high on the Astros' pitching staff, at least the starting pitching, heading into the 2018 season. Of course, they are the favorites to repeat as AL West champs. Uh, they're the American League favorites right now, and they're the slight betting favorites to repeat as World Series champs. It's not going to be easy. Uh, you know, I feel I still think there are pieces left for the Astros to, you know, go out and maybe acquire some bullpen help. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are sort of trapped at the AAA level. You've got prospects like Tyler White, A.J. Reed, uh, Tony Kemp, actually. Jake Kaplan wrote an article the other day in The Athletic discussing how they're sort of blocked based on the talent at the major league level. So are, are the Astros going to make a move prior to the start of the season to solidify that bullpen? Uh, time will tell. We'll see. But uh, great conversation with Hunter. And, of course, if you want to hear more of Hunter this week, highly recommend that you tune into the H Podcast by Luke Bronner. I believe 
The episode drops Wednesday morning, so stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be a, a great episode. But if you want to follow our work, I uh, highly recommend that you first subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts are found. Also, you can follow our work at Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can subscribe to our website at weeklybrewcast.com. If you want to follow us on the podcast as well, you can follow me at a Staten, of course, Hunter at Hunter Atkins 35 and Jeremy at Fiesta Bear. Both of those guys will be back soon, but really hope that you enjoy the conversation today. Uh, focusing on Astros, we are just a few uh, weeks away from the return of Major League Baseball. Of course, the Astros open the season in Arlington with a three-game set against the Rangers. So a lot of excitement building here in Houston uh, with the success that the Rockets have had uh, going on a 12-game win streak. And of course, uh, the Astros, as they open up their pursuit of uh, defending the World Series title and bringing them back to Houston for a second straight year. So really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And thanks again to Hunter for calling in and uh, having a great conversation. And Hunter, we hope that your tender game picks up a little bit in West Palm Beach as spring break uh, you know, picks up in Florida. But I really hope that you enjoyed the episode. And until next week, my name's Austin Staten. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to The Weekly Brew. 